1: It is that That's time of the week. It's time for Thirsty Thursday, and let's uh, let's hear it at this one as well. Yeah, we got some cl- some cans clicking, we got some bottles popping. You know, it's time for Thirsty Thursday. Kevin, how are you doing today? Good, fellas. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. We got uh, Strick back at home. He's about to enjoy some wine himself. He's already drinking. He's beating us to it. Yeah, he's way ahead of us. <laughs> Strick,
2: what do you got in the glass today, buddy? Can you hear me? Oh, hold on. Strick, what do you got in the glass, buddy? Can't hear him. Never oh, mind. Still
1: can't hear him. I don't know what's what's going on there. Uh, we'll get Strick here in a second. Uh, we don't have his mic muted, so I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, but we'll we'll give it a shot either way. Maybe it's this maybe this button. Nah, not either way. Oh, we'll get to drink in a second. <laughs> well, maybe we can get one of the producers to come in here. I'll, but I'll uh, fix it. yeah, but yeah, we'll just have Sorensen fix it. Sorensen's in here. He's like, he's got a bit of a better uh, grasp on drinking than I do. I don't drink too often. But one idea. One uh, idea. Uh, one uh, idea. Uh, one idea. Uh, I don't think that helped uh, Sorensen. But uh, we'll try again. I think either one, maybe both, those sites are are one tab or the other. We'll see if that's still echoing.
2: I don't care what anyone says. You guys are true professionals. No, <laughs> yeah, there's we're, no echo We're anymore.
1: doing we're doing great here so far on Thursday. Thursday we haven't drank uh, yet. Surprisingly, given uh, how it's gone so far, but uh, uh, we will drink, and we're exciting to do so. Um, as the beer today lo- kind of looks like orange juice. What is what is that? What do we got there?
2: That is uh, it's from Distill Brewing, and it is their Grateful Dead series. Uh, this one's called Tour Bus. And it is an IPA. It's a double dry hopped IPA with Citra and Mosaic hops. Um, it might be one of those beers that isn't quite up your alley if you're not used to drinking them because Ooh. hoppy beers um, they can be bitter. They can. It's just. It's definitely an acquired taste. But the whole idea of doing Thirsty Thursday is to expose you to some things that that's right. Perhaps you wouldn't have normally tried for yourself and. Uh, and it's it's kind of fun to watch the uh, evolution of people's tastes over time and and ever since we've been doing the show for 10 years um, i've gotten to watch jake's taste my it, palate has expanded quite Jake a bit was <laughs> well for, first it was Bush light or Bu- but, but but bud light bud light yes bud light, yep. and then then we got him into boulevard wheat yep, and yep. he and that was a big step to get him it into was. boulevard wheat now it was. He's he's a uh, a well rounded gentleman of the uh, alcoholic <laughs> arts. Yeah, I wouldn't say. say
0: I'm still an IPA guy yet. Yeah, I can drink them. I, I used to not be able even to consume them, and so I can drink them. But uh, yeah, my palate has
1: gone from little boy to. I, th- I think acceptable, respectable. <laughs> to be fair, you've grown over this ten years. You started as a college kid, usually that's beer water central, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so- I, can, I can do that. The, this the can you have though is sweet too. Show that to the video streamer.
0: That okay. is I very mean, cool. It's, yeah. uh,
2: it's called Tour Bus from Distill Brewing, and uh, this one just won gold medal at Great American Beer Fest in 2021, so we're excited to have it in the store, and uh, it's just a, it's a great brew, brewery with great uh, great beers, and and I'm happy to share it with you.
1: How often do you guys get new products in the store? I mean, and kind of how does that, how do you go about selecting those, I suppose?
2: Literally, almost every day we get new stuff, Very cool. and, and selecting it is just a question of like i mean there's essentially three or four ways that we will select product either a uh demand from our customers that's number one so we have a lot of customers that are super super knowledgeable a lot of times they'll know what's coming down the pike even before we do um and so that's number one number two is uh is just doing our research and trying to find out hey you know where where's an area of need that we don't currently or, that, uh, an area of need that we currently have in the store uh, that we're not currently covering well in order to, to meet that demand. And then, number three, uh, we do have uh, several relatively knowledgeable sales reps that will say, Hey, here, I think this is a good fit for the store. And then sometimes just a crapshoot where it's just like, Here's something new. Let's give it a try, see how it flies. I, you I, know?
0: I feel like. To the common man who wants to know, okay, that's that's one way to describe it. But the common person wants to know, okay, that's you have people telling you what to bring in. Do you guys get to do taste tests yourself? To say oh, this absolutely. Is good to sell? Every product, or just some?
2: Well, there, you know, there are some where you just. It's like if I sat around and tasted all day, I wouldn't get anything done, right? So well, um, that sounds fun, though. Well, <laughs> it, it trust me, it's, it's not a very um, expeditious uh, <laughs> practice. So. There are some things where you just sort of – you get the general gist, and if it's a fit, it's a fit. If it's not, it's not. And then there are other things where it's like, hey, yeah, no, I really – I need to try that first before I bring yep. it in. And a lot of times, too, it's it when it's fulfilling more of an expensive uh, sort of a, a spot on the shelf. So, you know, if there's, you know, a 100, uh, $150 Cabernet that I'm wanting to bring in, I'm going to do some research on there and not just buy it sight unseen. So yeah. Um, there's a variety of ways that we go about
0: it. How often is there like a new style of beer? So you know, you got sours, you've got IPAs, you've got wheats. Like, it, it, is, is there like a new style that comes out that becomes hot? Are, they, are, are the styles done? Uh,
2: no, there's <laughs> a new style literally every every like what, day. What's, every what's
0: the newest rage right now in the, in the in the beer styles?
2: Well, you see a lot of these pastry stouts. Pastry um, stout. Okay. Uh, Zipline just came out with their Neapolitan ice cream stout. Hmm. And, you know, Neapolitan ice cream is like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And they made a stout based on that flavor profile. Um, And so they are constantly being super creative in terms of coming up with um, new beers, new takes on old beers, barrel aging. Um, It's just endless. And, uh, you know, I I wouldn't want to be a brewer right now trying to figure out what's going to make people tick because, you know, if you're brewing the same beer that you've made you know, for 10, 20, 30 years or whatever it is, no one wants to try it. You got to be coming out with something new like every month, it seems like. And trying to figure that out would be a nightmare, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I, mean, I can't say I've ever had a Neapolitan stout or. You know, you know those pastry stouts you're talking about but i i know those those are getting popular out there you you provided they, they weren't pastry stouts but you provided some new things from zipline even recently too that were interesting for them
2: yeah and we brought in like the Birdman county stuff Yes, you know and you see a lot of times you'll see oh like oh we even brought in like f- fluffaluf yeah so that from, stuff's delicious yeah so that's a marshmallow uh graham cracker mm-hmm. you know chocolate cocoa nib type thing Um, from White Elm here in town. And so it's just endless. And that's the fun part of my job is because I never am going to learn everything there is to know. And I constantly feel like the more I learn, the less I know. And, And so you don't really sort of catalog your your inventory, your knowledge base, all you do is open doors into areas that you didn't even know existed before, and then it's like mind-blowing, like, okay, here's another rabbit hole I have to go down, but (laughs) that's the fun part. I never get bored with it.
1: Yeah and and don't let him fool you. He's extremely knowledgeable just about on everything that you could ask him in the <laughs> store. Uh but it, it's a good point. I mean, the internet kind of opened up all our eyes that we don't really know anything. We have to look it all up. So, uh that's kind of fun. This By the way, uh, Strick, I don't know if we can hear him yet, but he did uh, type in that he is he's enjoying himself some uh, and, and maybe I'm hopefully I'll pronounce this right. La Crema Monterey 2018. Uh Pinot Noir man. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Noir
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> man. Strick. Well, l- last time we were doing the show, he was doing some Maomi which is uh probably the number one selling and La Crema is probably, uh, uh, certainly right there in the top 10 in terms of Pinot Noir sales in the United States. So attaboy, Strick
1: i hope you're enjoying it he is enjoying it for some reason we still can't hear him but he's cheering us i can so. see him talking so that's but good yeah he's really we're not trying to talk over we just can't hear you that's why he, he's Kobe. watching the game enjoying some but, some uh, some wine though so it can't get too but bad but this we'll beer the beer was was good let's get good. Yeah, let's get more into that because it does say i like the i like i like uh confident beers i suppose it says support flavor boycott big boycott bland on the front uh, and it, it's not bland at all yeah not bland at all um i, I suppose we we kind of got into a little bit to it like like you said uh, a gold, uh, a medal winner already. Um, how long have you had this in store? Just came in today. Just so came it's in. As okay. Fresh it's as it right possibly
2: can be. Um, and and basically, IPA it stands for India Pale Ale. And how it started was the merchant ships who were passing through Britain would stop at this particular brewery on the route to India, and because they would trade, you know, various goods uh, for spices and 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 whatnot. Well, most European beers wouldn't survive the trip because they would get bacteria in them. And they didn't have sanitized glass bottles and stuff like that like we do now. And um, there was one particular brewery who made a beer uh, and they added additional hops to up the alcohol content. And and so having that additional alcohol in it combated the... uh, the bacteria, and so it was the one beer that would actually make the whole trip from Great Britain to India, and okay. so that's how it essentially started. Now it's you know uh, been modified, and and uh, it's just mind blowing the the number of different styles of IPA. Um, this is a double dry hopped version with Citra and Mosaic hops, which I think are probably two of the most popular to dry hop a, a pale ale with or an IPA with. So um, let's move on to the wine.
0: It looks delicious, as always.
2: Now, oh, yeah. fair warning: an IPA like that rarely sets up a red wine, so okay. you're going to have a little <laughs> bit of palate shock. So take a couple of small sips. Have any water
1: around here? Yeah. No, well, maybe yeah. this is your water today. <laughs> this is That's my right. Water. Wine
2: is your water. <laughs> the best way to rinse your glasses with more booze. That's, That's how right. I roll, at least. So um, this is uh, called Saint Combe. It's a Cote de Rhone, which uh, the Rhone Valley is the southeastern part of France. They can use up to 13 different grape varietals to make the wine from. The wines are always a blend from this region. The big three are what they call the GSM blend, or Grenache, Syrah, and Mouvedre. Um Grenache is sort of similar to Pinot Noir, um, but it can uh, it's one of the few grape types that, that gets better as it gets older. And so, over time, it can become a little more bold than Pinot. But overall, I would say Grenache is pretty medium-bodied. Syrah adds this peppery quality. It's like this white pepper. Um, sometimes when if, if it's from Australia, uh, where they call it Shiraz, it's a little more black pepper quality. But um, And that's going to be a little more robust. And then Muvedra is a really dark, thick-skinned grape that creates a, a wine that has a lot of tannin and adds sort of a beefy quality. And, and so when you blend those together, it creates wine that is super versatile. It goes well with everything. So anytime someone comes in the store and throws me a curveball like... My uncle shot a wild boar. Yes. You know, what, what, what do you recommend? <laughs> I, I, I go with a wine like this because it goes well with everything. It's a great Thanksgiving wine. It's a great, um, uh, you can do it with stew. You can do it with game. You can do it with poultry. It just works with, with everything. And uh, this is one of the few Côte d'Orne that's actually more Syrah heavy. Um, normally, you have to get into what's known as a chateauneuf de Pop, which means New Palace of the Pope. Um, and literally the French built the city to attract the Pope out of the Vatican in Italy and get him to spend more time in France. And it worked. He spent like two decades there. Um, (laughs) and this is hundreds of years ago, but, uh, um, and among the different rules that they had was that the only two things that could be grown commercially were grapes and herbs and what's interesting is this, those herbs will die back and regenerate in the soil and the grapevines actually pick up on those. And so it will take on a little bit of a sagey, basil-y quality sometimes. And then um, they also had a law in their brain, a UFO or like a flying saucer was a cigar, like a cigar shape. Uh, so they, they passed a law against no flying cigars because they were afraid they would land in the vineyards and, and wreck the grapevines. Oh, so yeah. They called them the Les Cigrés Volants, which is the violent cigars. <laughs> um, and you and you couldn't, uh, you know, those weren't allowed to fly in the, in the skies. Like, they would have any control over that. But, right. Um, uh, and it just kind of an interesting side note, when I was doing my sommelier training, uh, you have to do what's called the deductive tasting method. And what it is, you taste the wines blind, and based on the factors that you're getting, like— aroma rim variation um, fruit clues versus non fruit clues etc cetera, etc cetera. and it takes you down this path and you have to deductively reason what the wine is without knowing what the wine is and it was my turn to present and I was you know so doing all the stuff and, and and I'm looking at it and I'm like okay so I'm seeing a little rim variation that's where the, the liquid meets the inside of the glass An older wine's going to have a little bit more of an orangey rim, whereas a younger wine, it'll be more clear, like this is. Hmm. Um, And so that deductively told me that the wine was going to be a little bit older, so I estimated, you know, it's between, like, 8 and 10 years of age. And then I was getting these non-fruit clues, which means that it's generally more of an old-world wine, like a French, Italian, Spanish, etc., whereas your American wines, uh, your Australian wines, you know, your modern places, uh, those are more fruit-forward wines. And then I was getting this white pepper thing, which led me to believe that it had Syrah in it, which would lead me to the Rhone Valley in France. So I'm explaining all this in front of all these three master sommeliers and about 30 other wine professionals. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm really, really nervous. And and (laughs) and understandably. And the the guy says, well, and so I'm like final analysis. uh, I didn't didn't think it was a shot enough to pop because none of the other wines we tasted were over 50 bucks. So I was like, well, it's going to be a, a a lesser expensive version from the same area, hopefully. And uh, so I was like, it's a Gigonda, or of what I called a a, vac- or a vac-a-reus, which pronounced I obviously was super incorrectly because <laughs> yeah. he went. So which is it? Is it a? And I'm like, what a jerk, you know? So I was like, okay, final analysis, 2006 Gigonda, which is the next province up from Chateauneuf du Pape. You can ride a bike from one town to the other. And uh, he goes, can you name the producer? And I'm like, what an (laughs) a-hole. Like, he's not doing this to anybody else. It's like he's trying to throw me under the bus, right? And the only one I could think of was Gigal, which is the largest producer in the Rhone Valley. So, final analysis, 2006, Gigal, Gigonda, that's all I got, you know. And it's a flat guess. Pulls it out of the bag. 2006 gigal gigan nailed it vintage producer region and that was my mic drop moment i never got the walk-off home run i never got the game-winning touchdown but then well, i was, was like it. hey i guess i passed they he,
1: stopped picking on you after that yeah he did <laughs> well <laughs> I, that,
2: but come to find out that's why he was picking on me because i was spot on, on yeah moment, he was so. wanting to see but how I far he that. could go yeah, yeah. exactly those so those words <laughs> i've never
0: heard before in my entire life today
2: <laughs> Gigandan, and a
0: lot of those words I, I this, this is good uh, i i need a, lo- a long ways to go to be a sommelier apparently you know to get my well, point training done
2: it was like i said it was one of those things that uh, the sun shines on a dog's hind end every now <laughs> and again and, and it happened that day uh, and, but uh, uh, so whenever i drink a Cote de rhone or anything from the rhone valley
1: it reminds me of that day and, you know i give myself a little bit of an attaboy Unfortunately, we are running up against the clock. It's almost time to end Thirsty Thursday. Before we do, we always want to give you a chance to promote promote what's coming up at the store.
2: Okay, so we are doing our um, allocated bourbon drive. So the hardest to get bourbons, we are doing a sock drive. And for every pair of socks you bring in, you get a ticket for a chance to be able to buy the whiskey at a fair retail price. So we've got Pappy Van Winkle 15. We've got Rip Van Winkle 10-year We've got Stag Jr. We've got Weller's 12-year uh, uh, special reserve. Um, and anyway, uh, we've so far collected 12,000 pairs of socks to benefit wow. the... Um,
0: Very well done. Uh, yeah.
2: It, it, and so it, it's everything is going to the... Uh, um, I'm just drawing a blank on where homeless people go <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's people a, City Mission? Exactly. Sorry, I was just having a brain cramp, and this is, makes for don't. wonderful radio. Well, Thank I you get the so wine in your brain. It's, it's to, fine. To benefit the City Mission. And uh, so cool. you've got a couple more days. It goes through the end of the month. We're going to be drawing on February 1st. So if you're a bourbon lover and want to do some good, bring by some socks to Myers Cork and Bottle, and uh, we'd love your donation and, and love for you to have the chance at one of these hard-to-get whiskeys.
1: Well, that's one of our favorite segments every week, but unfortunately, it does have to come to an end. But we'll be back for Thursday Thursdays next week. once Again, thank you to Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle for doing it. Uh, when we come back, it's time for a shootout with Strick, your chance to beat Strick in a game show. If you do, you win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. So give us a call, 402-464-5685 right now. 402-464-5685 for your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Today, the game show topic is the NFL playoffs which are coming up around the weekend we'll talk many much about that in the five o'clock hour as well that's all coming up next here on the block